David Samuels. He was, I believe, was hunting Illinois, and and he just happened to stay in the, If if there's not one there, you make you you take the time. You cut a cut a branch, put one in. Take a little bit of time and do it. It'll be rewarding to you. It, it's better to have something than nothing. You bet. Welcome to Wild Game Dynasty's podcast, episode number 91. Folks, we have Smokey McNicholas that wraps up his three-part podcast with part three. And, hey, he focuses on the white-tailed deer licking branch, that social media aspect of the white-tailed deer. No, they don't have a smartphone in their, in their paw or anything like that. But, hey, if there was a explanation of, how they socially interact, it's through the licking branches. And, hey, Smokey explained that in part one and part two. But part three, this particular podcast, he gets into a couple pieces of really important detail explaining the frequency of visiting those licking branches that either you have taken over or you have created all to yourself, all by yourself, we'll say, without the assistance of, you know, that existing licking branch from the from the white-tailed deer population. Also, he talks about inventorying your deer population. Is it an area that carries that hit list buck that you're looking for? And if, if not, why are you hunting there? And he has a tool to find out if you should be even hunting there, you should even be focusing on that area. So many of us, hey, we're kind of flying by the seat of our pants. Sometimes that's what hunting is all about. But certainly, I think we can fine-tune and dial in to up the ante on our successes of that mature white-tailed deer, that mature white-tailed buck. All right, let's roll right into podcast episode number 91 with Smokey McNicholas. Back to the last third. You know, we, we talked about uh, some things at the beginning. We just finished up with that. We're getting into a little bit of what we already talked about, but the frequency um, and under ideal circumstances, Smokey, what would you think would, would probably, you know, I know we're talking about deer hunting in various parts of the Midwest and in various parts of the country, but all in all, if we're looking at, uh, doctrine up licking branches at a, uh, primary rut spot, how frequent should they consider doing this if everything's being equal and they got the time and, and the vacation time, the personal days to do it? If you can do it twice a month, that would be, that's plenty. If you could do it twice a month. Okay. And here's something, here's something that, you, you take a, a big heavy rain comes in, and uh, a buck, he's, he's going to work that straight line, he's going to work that rub line, all them leaves are back in the scrapes. He's going to tear them up. He's going to get them out of there. He's going to freshen them up. He's going to, you know, work that licking grass. He's going to urinate down through his, his hawks and get a wash out of tarsal that goes into that scrape. And he's just going to freshen everything up. But if you can't get in there but once a month, you know, do it once a month. So yeah. a lot of places, the guys that's got leases and stuff I talk to in there and Illinois and yeah. different places, you know, they can only get out there once a month. Yeah. So when they get in there, they understand putting a little side appeal when they're skinning something up a little bit, making something look like it's rubbed up, make something look like it's tore up. Side appeal means a lot, too. You 
got a block, a block, a block walking down through there, and, he, and if he sees that you got a good sound post road there, and it's skinned up real good, it's shined up, he can see that. That you know, he he can tell. They can tell things have been used. Things have been. Boy, they can they can smell too. They they yeah. smell good. You get a bucket, you know, going past, and he's on the uh, wind checking a scrape. Well, if he smells something's over there, and it's a bit touched up, especially I'm talking pre rut and a rut. And yeah. They 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 they're going to get back over there. They're they got to get their DNA back on there. You bet. They they, they got to get their their makeup back on there. To take control of it. This is this is. I guess this is probably the easiest way for me to uh, to explain this. That buck, that's his. He put his DNA on there. He put his ownership on there, and he wants control of that. And them other bucks, you know, you see that big seven post rub. It, it's it's skinned up a little bit. Scored. Next time you see that thing destroyed, about three hundred sixty degrees around it. He's telling him he's he's put he's he's put his uh, time in on that to show him you stay out of here or you're gonna get you're gonna get you know you're gonna get tore up. So, if a person, because I've had this question where a guy says, "Hey, Gary, I'm hunting in those leases you got out in Missouri," and yeah, uh, Missouri's big too. Yes, he, yeah. he says, "Hey, I've got I'm hunting that 255 acres." And we've only got about 35% timber, thus we got a lot of pinch points. I didn't see a lot of um, where I was hunting. My buddy was hunting the other side, so I hunted the, you know, the opposite side. I wasn't seeing a lot of old scrapes, but I'm seeing some trails where they're crisscrossing. And so I decided to hunt them. Should I be putting out any of Smokey's lures for just those five or six days that I'm out there. I can't get out there a month in advance. And Absolutely. Um, Dr. Dr. David Samuels, he was, I believe he was hunting Illinois. It may have been someplace else. And he just happened to stay in if, if there's not one there, you make you You take the time. You cut a, if it's, uh, you got good maple in there or good white oaks. Cut a branch, put one in, take a little bit of time and do it. It'll be rewarding to you. It's better to have something than nothing. You bet. You know, if I'm going out here, if I was out here and I was going to the dance, and uh, I'd be all, you know, I'd be, I'd be cleaned up. I'd have a little bit of old spice or something on me. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going out there and and have nothing. Yeah. You know, have nothing, but because you want if. If he, if he gets a chance to smell something, hey, this is new. Who is this? What's going on here? I'm going over here to investigate. Yeah. So make one. Take the time. Take that half hour. Take your time if it takes you that long. But put a licking branch in there. Put a scrape in there. Put a, put a rub if you can. You know, you can always cut if, if it's... Um, if it's legal wherever you're hunting, if you can cut a, a three-inch sap, a uh, little tree off or something, put it over, lean it in to get something else, tie it around the tree, do something. Yeah. Do something. Don't, yeah. don't do nothing. Do something. React. 
Yes, absolutely. Yeah, to sit sit someplace and, you know, maybe there's a, a intersection of a couple trails or maybe even a spot where it looks like there's, you know, it's a little pinch point for two or three trails. But, uh, hey, why not, uh, why not put some additional scent on that spot? And, and then, you know, when we get into the fall, the pre rut and the rut, you, 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 you need to have snow and heat out there. You need to have a good, make a good drag rag and have doe and heat on one, buck torso on the other one, or rut and buck on the other one. Make a tandem drag rag. I was just going to ask you about that. Yeah, make it make a tandem drag rag and, and uh, drag drag that in there. And I always take a little fork and uh, stick, cut a little limb off, and I sharpen the bottom of it. And I tie my drag rag onto that working sticks and drag it down through there and I use a beef on seven paper towel and I've done really well with that drag a little bit of that in there where you're at if, if, if you walk in there and you discover uh, hey I want to set this place up I I, I might not uh, I might not get one tonight but at least I'll get it set up and I go in there the next night I can drag drag a little bit of stuff in there and yeah and and then take it straight where I made and twirl that drag rag up around that fork and stick and put it there and the bottom of it's got a little sharp and stick it right down the scrape, doctor it up and, and and at least you got a at least you got a chance now. Yep. Absolutely. You got stuff working for you. How about the controlling our own scent when doing this? You know, if you can get your diet will help you and also, you know, do when we're out there scouting and we're out there hunting. When we're out there scouting, we're not trying to control our scent as much. And it's hot, and uh, you know we're going over a lot of things. But I wear gloves, no matter what. I always wear gloves because it's it's amazing how much stuff you'll touch and you won't even know it. Yeah. You wearing that all the way out too, or the last couple hundred yards up well, to I, that? I got a good pair of uh, here uh, on the farm. I, I wear a lot of uh, I like buckskin gloves. I get them at Tractor Supply, and uh, I don't touch it nearly as much. You know, I'm not. They've probably got scent on them. I'm sure they do, but I'm not as direct bare hand in them. Yep. You know, when I when I'm out there. But when I go out to hunt, everything is cleaned up. Everything is, there's lots of ways you can do stuff. You can just, you know, wash yourself up good, air dry it out, get you a, a big tub, and you can take whatever's natural around where you're at, whether it's the leaves or goldenrod or, I hate ragweed, but, you know, whatever you got in common that's, that's in there, just take it and put your clothes right down in there. And yeah. Let them set that up. There's lots of stuff they sell in the market. You know, I use a little baking soda and hydrogen peroxide and distilled water. I can kind of make up my own little set control stuff but, and spray it down. But there's lots of good stuff out there they got on the market today. Yeah. But chlorophyll tablets, if you lay off the meat a little bit, eat a little bit more peanut butter in your protein drinks, uh, you know, you can. 
you can kind of keep that human sent down. Well, you mentioned that. You mentioned that right after I asked you about that, and uh, boy, that I had heard that before, but uh, this is we don't hear it that often. Yeah, that let chlorophyll tablets keep your take a couple of weeks before season before you're going to get in there and hot that that'll keep your human odor knocked down pretty good too. Wow, I had so you know, chlor. You know, they're, hard, they're kind of hard to get a hold of sometimes, but that that is a big help. Chlorophyll. Yes. Okay. I, I've I've seen them in sporting goods stores, but I haven't seen them out there for a while. Uh, oh. Online. You know, you can get about anything there. You, yeah. You can get stuff to take. And that's, that's a, that is a big help, getting that human odor knocked down. You bet. Get, get, get your stuff, your clothes, you know, get them in a big tote. Then when you come in, you, you know, take them off, put them in a clothesline. I think everybody in the state of West Virginia has got a clothesline. <laughs> hang, hang stuff up. That's a funny one. That's a good one. Get them, get them hung up. <laughs> hey, if you got to turn them inside out. Turn yes. your stuff inside out. It don't hurt to do that. Yeah. You know, and that you know, most of us trapped up inside anyway. There's some guys that don't want. There's some guys that don't want their neighbors seeing what's on the inside. Absolutely. So, I, uh, you know, I've kind of beat these guys up with these corn piles and hunting them over <laughs> baits and stuff. But after a season, if you're going to feed your deer, now, now, you know, you've been out there in the woods and you've harvested some nice deer and you've got your winter meat and you got some cold black canned up. And, you know, give the wildlife, you know, got a cold winter, it's hard on them. Give the wildlife, give something back is what I'm saying. Give, give something back to the wildlife. You, you know? bet. Help them through that winter. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, on these food plots and stuff, uh, Don Higgins has got uh, a, a system that's just amazing. And also, he's got, it talks about uh, uh, helping your deer health-wise. You know, this chronic waste disease has been terrible in lots of places, and and you know they don't get different diseases. But if you got if you got good food plots and you're putting in the right stuff, these these deer are going to be healthy. They're going to be strong, and they're going to have a lot less disease. That yeah, you know, our immune system. I'm just going to talk for one minute here. You know, I didn't go run out and get that. Uh, vaccine shot I, I, I'm, I'm this is off the subject a little bit but it's kind of right. what it I'm is. saying I didn't run out there and get that thing I, I stay I stay healthy I take my vitamin C I take vitamin D yep. I take zinc um, you know I, I take different things elderberry I take that and I can't I keep my immune system built up. I, I do lots of shows, I meet lots of people. I shake people's hands. Yep. I don't I don't 
just wave. I, I shake people's hands. I, I want to get to know. So the deer, you know, and I feel I never had an ounce of problem with all this stuff that's going on out there. And the deer, there's there's stuff that you can plant today. There's there's in your food plots. You can keep them deer healthy, and they're not going to they're not going to get that sickness. You're going to have a real good quality deer herd, and you're going to grow bigger and stronger bucks and does and our fawns are going to be healthy than you ever did before. You bet. And now, that's you know, give something back. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we're aiming for, really, in this whole thing is to. Uh, uh, keep keep the wildlife as healthy and happy as we can possibly do it, and uh, thank the Lord when He allows us to harvest some of these uh, creatures uh, for us to enjoy them uh, as table fare. Yeah, I was just uh, telling a lady the other day. I said, ever since I started hunting, I was I got some Indian blood in me too. Whether I it's a bow or whether it's a rifle. When, when I get me a deer, or I get me a turkey, uh, guys have hunted with me, they've seen me do this many times. I will kneel down on one knee, I'll take the gun or the bow, I hold it over my head, and I say a little prayer. You bet. I took that animal's life, and I, uh, I say a little prayer. Whether it was a, a turkey or whether it was a deer, I'm, I'm using, I'm, I'm eating it. And, and the good Lord put them on this earth for me to be able to hunt and take care of myself. And uh, I always give, I always give a prayer back. And that's something I wish these guys on TV. There's a few of them that do it, but not yeah. too many. No, I, I agree. Wish they would, you know, give back, you know. To the, to the animals that they shot. You bet. Absolutely. Yeah. That It's such good information because it allows us to, uh, if we're uh, interacting with nature and all aspects like that, boy, it just it really adds to our enjoyment and our respect and our interaction becomes such more, you know, there's so much more out there for us to enjoy if we just give ourselves a chance to to do that, to do just that as enjoyment, enjoy it. And I think yeah. just just like you said, is taking an animal's life, uh, whether it be a squirrel or a turkey or a big game animal like a, a white-tailed deer or a bear, um, it's such a privilege. And why not, uh, you know, say a prayer of thanks to your creator to say, hey, I appreciate it, and I, I will not uh, disrespect uh, uh, this animal nor your decision to allow me to harvest it. Yeah, it's that 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 is that's the way to do it with spirit. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, Smokey, this has been a a real treat this evening, and I think what I'm going to do is we talked about it, but I'm going to break this up into like a three part. Uh, podcast that way and with our I sometimes look at uh in mine too our attention spans out there are, for a lot of folks are kind of short we'll say and this gives us a person a chance to uh get a 
few gold nuggets, two or three with the first podcast, and the same thing with the second one, and uh, a few more with the third one, and put it all together because we we summarize these things too. So these this scent application thing just gives somebody a, a chance to uh, to really enjoy not just hunting, but these the parts, the segments that are really part of hunting, such as scouting. Yeah, that's 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 a lot of fun. It, it's yep. work, but it's a lot of fun. You're always learning, and you you know once you learn something, it, it can't be taken off of you. You you'll learn it. A lot of things the learning curve, learning to use lures and is and deer lures. It there's a learning curve to somebody that's never that's never done it before. You bet. It takes it takes a little while. And a lot of guys that use the trail cameras and they set them up and they get good quality pictures. And there's a there's a, an art to setting them things up too. Yeah. Ex- trail cameras to get your best. Uh, Expand on that just a little bit. Well, I actually I I I don't own one, but the guys on my staff, Jim Riggle and Herman Rice and Daniel, some these these guys, they got these ones today that uh, you know they'll send a picture right to your computer or right to your your phone and and I know them talking a lot. You know they you got to have them up a little bit higher and on an angle, and you don't want the sun in them and and uh, they get they get good quality pictures and they get good quality pictures because of the lore. It's bringing them into their, their yeah. setup. Yeah. So and, their, and their electric branch and the ropes. You know, they're doing the wick the compound. Yeah. That's something new. It's a little easier for the guys to do in a, in a sense. And the, if you're if you're not getting your pictures, if you're not seeing your deer, you're, it's like trapping. I can't catch something if it's not there. That's if right. You, know, you got to get on a good location. Location is is everything when it, uh, when you're trapping. If they're not there, you can't catch them. Yep, I remember uh, yeah. you saying that before, and I remember Jim Riggle even emphasized the same thing. He talks that a, he always coins the phrase uh, taking an inventory of your of yeah. your of your deer. An inventory of what you got. Yeah, if it's. Uh, you have a trail camera and you've been working your your licking branches for a couple of months or more and uh, Mr. Big's not showing up there. Maybe Mr. Big doesn't live there. Right. He, he's, he's not there. Yeah. What, what, you know, you'll get one to drift in from four or five miles off sometimes. A, guy, a buck will come through all their boat, does or bread in that area. He's going to roam out, you know, if they're... There ain't no single woman in this town. You might want to go to another one. <laughs> uh, that's funny, but it's true. Yeah, put it, put it, it in our, put it in, in our terms that we can understand it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Wait, Smokey, this has been a treat again. Then we'll do it again. I'm gonna reach out to uh, well, that guy that you mentioned, uh, Don Higgins, on your on your staff. Yeah. And I'm going to reach out to him and ha- have him talk to me about uh, maybe do a podcast in a month or two yeah. about, about the ropes. Sure. Yeah. He, he's he's uh, he's done them for quite a while. He's uh, and he's he does an, an excellent uh, 
way to do them. He, every, like I say, everybody's got their own style. And yeah. This is something that you have to learn. Yeah. And what, work, what works for you. Yes, indeed. Well, thanks again. And, hey, you have a nice evening. And until next time, uh, which won't be too long, we'll uh, we'll bump noses again and um, and uh, share a little bit about what's going on and maybe have another podcast or uh, talk about some more. Uh, maybe you got some new things on the horizon. Maybe uh, maybe we can even reach out to uh, Barry or Gene and yeah, see if we can get one of those boys to. Uh, do sure. a, yeah, do a little cameo appearance on one of our podcasts for us. Yeah, I just sent Gene a package of stuff here about two weeks ago. Uh, he's got a hold of me. I always like to tell my listeners uh, before I hold uh, a, a day, it's good luck, God bless, and safe hunting. Take care. You too. Thank you for the blessing. Thank you. All right. Talk to you again another day. All right. All right. Bye-bye. This week's podcast brought to you by M65 Bait Shop 2, located just before the boat launch in Augray, is now open, offering all your fishing supplies for catching that big one. They are your walleye headquarters of the Northeast, with the largest selection of custom bandits in northern Michigan. Stop in at either of their locations, the M65 Bait Shop of Whittemore and the M65 Bait Shop 2 in Augray, located just before the DNR boat launch, open seven days a week from eight to four, veteran owned. And also brought to you by Bourbon Creek Gun Dogs and Guide, Northern Michigan's finest upland bird put and take preserve. Our private lands have been carefully groomed to give you a blue ribbon experience. Bring your dog or have our guide bring their expertly trained German short hair for a fun filled day. At your request, we also guide on other properties. We are located in the heart of Michigan's elk country. Find us at bourboncreekgundogs.com or on Facebook. Or call us 989-858-6799 to book your next upland bird hunting experience. Well, folks, hey, glad you listened to podcast episode number 91 as Smokey McNicholas kind of explains how he has eh, somewhat cracked the code in whitetail deer hunting. Hey, and he has done something that we've all been waiting for for a long time, and that's putting the fun back in whitetail deer hunting. Not to say it that uh, we're a little bit frustrated with whitetail deer hunting, but in, in Michigan and other states, I think there is that aspect. Eh, we're losing hunters, and there's a reason. If it was, uh, if it was as peeling as it was, uh, to the population 30 years ago or 40 years ago, we'd all be doing it. But I think there's a reason for it. And Smokey McNicholas, I think, gives us an opportunity to put the fun back in it, getting us back to whitetail deer scouting, inventory in our deer, doing the fun things throughout the season that leads up to that highly successful harvest. All right, I'm handing the mic over to Melissa because, again, just like last week, I'm getting a little bit of an evil eye that I'm hogging the mic. Hey, take care. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Melissa. And with that, we conclude another podcast episode with Wild Game Dynasty. Thanks for listening. And be sure to subscribe in your podcast app to receive notifications on future podcasts. Also, please head on over and check out our Facebook page. Be sure to like and follow it to stay up to date on highlights from our clients, turkey, bear, and white-tailed deer hunts. Until next time, guys, stay safe, enjoy the great outdoors, and happy hunting.